0: Hello, welcome to the Down Back Drop podcast hosted by Connor Evers, the Director of Recruiting for the PGA Golf Manager Program here at Methodist University. This podcast is recorded live from the Mass Communications Department here on campus with special help from Paul Joseph. Each week I sit down with alumni, our PGM staff, and friends and family of the program, as well as current students. We share stories, key information, and best practices of why our PJ Golf Management Program here at Methodist University is the best in the United States of America. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Down Back Drop Podcast. Really fortunate enough to sit down with Alexander Jones, the head golf professional and director of instruction here at Methodist University for our PJ Golf Management program. Uh, Alex is also from originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and a 2014 graduate. Of Methodist and our PJ Golf Manager program, appreciate you coming on today, Alex. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for having me, bro. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking fun. forward to
0: it. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, like I mentioned, you're originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Just kind of talk about your your upbringing and how uh, you got started playing the game of golf.
1: Yeah, man. I uh, I, I, th- I think for me, I was extremely lucky. Uh, I grew up with two amazing, loving parents um, who supported me and just about anything I did and. Um, Like some golfers, I was um, a multi-sport athlete, you know, grew up, you know, in the winters playing basketball, um, baseball in the spring, golf in the summer, and soccer in the fall. And as I got older and realized I kept getting taller, but I kept getting slower, uh, a lot of those (laughs) sports kept on getting weeded out. And, um, you know, golf was just something that uh, just kind of started latching on to for me. I remember my dad, he took me to the driving range. Uh, we never belonged anywhere and never belonged to any private clubs. And so we would just go down to the, uh, local Muni golf course, uh, shout out to little Miami golf center in Cincinnati <laughs> the place was great. It's literally my practically my home where I lived in my teenage years. But I think my dad just got me started when I was about five or six years old. And, um, I don't even know if my dad remembers this story. Actually, uh, I, I, I it was definitely sometime when I was a teenager, um, he, I I wasn't hitting the ball well and I was getting frustrated because I think I had a tournament coming up soon and I I forget what he said verbatim, but it was something along the lines of, okay, pal, time to go. And I I still had at least 20 or 30 more balls to hit. And uh, and I said, what do you mean it's time to go? He goes, you're not, you're not really having that much fun let's go do something that uh, you want to have fun with and i think mm-hmm. we like when like got ice cream or something like that after that and so it, it was in that story that my dad allowed me to love the game of golf on my own um yeah i see a lot nowadays um with with parents who you know are forcing their kids to play golf and want them to have the best instructors and want them to be you know the next uh, Lorena Ochoa or Annika Sorenstam. they want them to be the next Tiger Woods um but the kids may not even want to be that themselves and Correct. so my, my dad let, let me love the game on my own which I was extremely thankful for
0: very cool story and a, a good learning lesson as well so that's that's great so talk about you know you, you starting to play golf more in high school junior golf tournaments and and the recruiting process of coming to Methodist as well
1: yeah it was uh it it was kind of a rocky high school um, I guess, I guess golf story and testimony for me, um, I went to St. Xavier high school, um, which is where multi-time PJ tour winner, Jim Herman, uh, went to high school and, um, you know, our, our golf team, we actually had 50 something people on our golf team. It was very unique and it was split up into varsity and JV. And, and so I knew I'm like, okay, like I, I need to, I need to be my best. Um, because we, we won the Ohio state division one championship. Uh, in 2008 and we were runners up in 2009 and from that uh 2008 team i believe we had four i mean don't quote me on this um exactly i'd have to look it up but i believe we had four of our top five um ended up playing division one golf wow um a couple went to university at dayton i know one went to butler university in indianapolis indiana and so that that was the standard um that we were an incredibly good uh high school golf team and i knew that i needed to somehow uh do that because my dreams and aspirations were to be a, a division one golfer. And, uh, my freshman year of, of high school, I actually fractured my vertebrae and doctors told me that you're going to have a 30% chance of playing competitive golf. Again, uh, the surgery that we're going to do on you, um, we're going to put two screws and a hook in your lower spine and the L five vertebrae, uh, you'll be able to do normal life activities, go on, live your life normal. Um, but as far as playing competitive golf. Uh, we're only giving you a 30% chance and it's, uh, you know, it was through my faith and through, uh, a lot of prayer that the 30% hit. And, um, when I, when I came back, um, I wasn't the same golfer immediately. Uh, I, I wasn't able to play as well as I used to. And it was kind of, it was frustrating in a lot of ways, uh, where I'm like, okay, I I can play golf again, but I can't play golf to the same level that I mm. used to. And that was extremely frustrating in a lot of ways. Um, But, you know, once again, through a a lot of hard work um, and whatnot, I was able to win a couple of small uh, junior tournaments in Cincinnati. Um, uh, But I I never, I never got to crack into the top five in high school, believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't even close to the top five guys in my high school golf team. And so that made recruiting extremely, extremely difficult. Um, And... You know uh, all all the schools that i was looking at i was i was looking at d1 schools in the ohio area and all of them were you know i all of them were very gracious for their time uh giving me time and uh and everything like that but the most i ever got was just a walk-on spot offer um or sometimes it wasn't even that sometimes it was just hey we'll give you an opportunity to walk on Mm -hmm. it's gonna be you versus 10 other guys (laughs) <laughs> and I wasn't willing to to uh, I wasn't willing to take that risk. And so there was a lot of different directions I wanted to go to. Um, part of me just wanted to give up golf altogether, and just go to school and be a college student, graduate, and do the whole thing. Um, you know, I, I was born to parents who were born in the 1940s, and so they're very much old school as far as you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job move on with your life Mm -hmm. sort of a thing. Um, And they were very supportive in my golf dreams. Not once did they ever say you shouldn't do golf, Uh, but they just, they wanted me to be the happiest I could possibly be. And that's, that's why I love them so much. And honestly, I don't remember specifically how I heard of Methodist first. I know that um, when I was a junior, one of the seniors on our golf team, um, who was on the state championship team that year, He ended up going to Methodist and I remembered messaging him a couple of times and asking him about the program and he did, he ended up graduating from the program Methodist as well and it just seemed awesome. I'm like, okay, I can get a business degree. I can study golf management, be a PGA golf professional after college. And I have an opportunity to walk on to one of the best division three golf schools in the country. Sign me up. (laughs) Like it, it it seemed like a no brainer at that point. Where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so simple. Mm. Like this seems so simple. And you know, I I went to Saint Xavier was a a Catholic all all uh, all men's uh, high school and very very large athletic school, very very rigorous academics. And I, I I actually believe it or not, I wanted that small. I wanted that small fee, that small classroom feel, mm-hmm. and and that's what attracted me so much to Methodist and the rest of its history. Nice.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that. Really appreciate it. Uh, and kind of talk about your overall experience of of being a student here at Methodist. Maybe some things you were involved in inside the PJ Golf Manager program and out. And uh, you can also talk more about uh, being on the team as well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, w- when I came here to Methodist, it was I was extremely blessed to already basically have a family. Um, I already had, you know, this professional golf management community where we all share the same interest in golf. We all share the similar interests as far as dreams and aspirations of what we want to do after college. And so, uh, being a part of this PGM program, it allowed me to honestly, one, be myself and I could literally be myself and be surrounded with an awesome, just an awesome community of friends. Um, I'd say I have at least a handful of guys who I still talk to on a daily and weekly basis, Nice, um, which is incredible. And, um, you know, the, the older you get, the more you, the more you really value that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was here at Methodist, um, you know, I, I, I was just honestly, just, I was just honestly like a, uh, just a normal student. Nice. Um, didn't, uh, it, 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 I have to say, this is probably like one of my, I wouldn't say regret, but maybe advice to people who are coming into Methodist, Mm -hmm. get involved more, um, with anything on campus, even stuff outside of PGM. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but as far as my time here, um, you know, try to walk onto the golf team freshman year, didn't make it. And, you know, you start having those doubts. Like, did I make the right choice? Did I come to the right school? I want to play golf. Um, should I transfer and having those phone calls with my parents and all this stuff. And I I would have hated it if I transferred because in my opinion, that's not how you do things. If you want something, you go after it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you go full throttle. And I said, I'm going to make this men's golf team, whether I want to or not. <laughs> and I am going, I'm just going to go full throttle at it. I'm going to stay here because I love it. I love the community and I love the staff and didn't make it sophomore year like i'm still gonna do it i'm going to do it and um it it was it was after my sophomore year internship at beth page where i think just because i played beth page black so many times that it (laughs) kicked my tail (laughs) sideways most of the time right i'd shoot an 81 and be like dang i was on fire today Mm. and i came back to methodist and seemed like i was a different golfer and i understood that you don't hit full shots every single swing. You sometimes hit a three-quarter seven iron. Control the spin. Um, you take bogey when it's when it's given to you. It's okay to make bogeys. Mm-hmm. And I was able to walk onto the men's golf team, and I was able to stay on the men's golf team for the remainder of the year. And that year, we had a, a really, really special, really, really special team um, with all Americans and everything else in between. I, I think, I think we were the number one team in the country and we ended up finishing third. Um, but that was just an amazing experience. And now I'm just so grateful for, you know, coach Conley's mentorship and coaching and everything else in between. Cause he's incredible at what he does. And it was amazing to be a part of something as cool as that. Nice. And I know you
0: prefaced there a little bit, uh, your internship at Beth Page. Talk about your internships, where you went, and and those experiences individually, if you don't mind, as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the my internships uh, consisted of freshman year, I was at the Vineyard uh, Vineyard Club on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, in Cape Cod. Uh, that was basically just an outside, in, just a uh, outside uh, operations internship. Worked there for three months. Uh, really cool spot. Really, really unique. Uh, I believe, unless something's changed. I think it's still the only golf course in the country, maybe even the whole world, yeah. that doesn't use pesticides or chemicals on the entire golf facility. Everything's all natural. That is correct. Which still yeah. blows my mind. You know, you, you what you, you, you basically walk out of if you arrive to the facility, you walk out and the you know, the the bag drop guys will take your shoes. Because your golf shoes have played on previous golf courses that use chemicals and pesticides and they spray it down and do it. <laughs> you know, whisk away like Dumbledore and just like uh, use the magic and just so like, oh, there's your shoes are clean.
0: Cool operation. Uh, sure.
1: Really cool spot. Then second one was at Beth Page. Uh loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I I think a, no, I know. I know a big part of why I fell in love with Beth Page was me growing up on municipal golf courses. This golf course is a top 50 course in the country that anyone can play. You could be Joe Schmo who makes $35,000 a year in New York, <laughs> which is practically like poverty level. And you can go play or you could be a top man on wall street and you also come play yeah. and there's no preference. It doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter who you are. Um, you can go play Beth page black. And that's what I loved. I did not know who was going to walk through those doors ever. Mm. Um, And there's just an insane amount of stories just from that facility (laughs) alone. But I I loved it. I fell in love with it. Um, The third internship was a five-month at Shinnecock Hills. I I, I don't don't even know if I have any other (laughs) other words other other than how amazing that facility is. Uh, The staff there works insanely hard. And to build up that reputation for Shinnecock and to maintain, um, everything in that golf course and everything that needs to, it's just a amazing place. Awesome. Five months. And then last, um, was my internship at Hidden Creek, um, Hidden Creek golf club in South New Jersey, just outside of Atlantic city. And, uh, that was awesome. That was an assistant golf professionals position. Um, really got to learn and grow into the professional that, uh, i wanted to be um and just like anything else uh make mistakes succeed at things um starting to kind of really learn um the operations of everything um what it means to be an assistant golf professional at a private facility
0: great thanks for sharing your internship experiences as well really appreciate it uh also talk about your your time after graduation maybe your first uh, few positions and up until uh today <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that might be a loaded question there. <laughs> Break <Bring> it down. <laughs> it's uh, uh how much time we got. All right. Uh, oh.
0: let's go with um, so your first your first position after after school. Let's go with that. Yeah. We'll start there. For,
1: first uh first position um uh, was an assistant golf professional job at the Chevy Chase Club in uh just outside of DC. And that that place is so stinking cool. Um and I just I I I did not for myself I did not see myself being one of those golf professionals who work six months in 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 the South and then six months um, up at a seasonal club in the Northeast or Chicago or anything like that. Uh, I I wanted stability and I wanted a full full year round job, and that that's not to say that you know moving six months to the South and six months North is is bad. I mean, it's, it's, that's such an awesome opportunity. And if that fits your lifestyle, then awesome, go after it. Uh, but for me personally, I knew that I did not want that. And so, you know, I was able to have that position and it was just, it just a really, really awesome experience there. Um, can't say enough about Jim Fitzgerald, the head golf professional who I worked for there. Um, in my opinion, I think he's <clears throat> the definition of a gentleman, an incredible player, incredible boss, um, was very supportive. And, uh, I, I, had a lot of growth, um, there at Chevy chase. Great.
0: Great. Very cool. And then, uh, you went on the world race, world race as well. Um, was that close to your time at Chevy chase or was there something in between I can't remember.
1: No, that, that, that was immediately after okay. Chevy chase. And so, so, so sorry to interrupt, but just, just, uh, kind of
0: give what the world race is, uh, what you were involved in on that and, and uh, you know, how it
1: changed your life as well. Yeah. And I, I guess to kind of to, uh trail back a little bit to Chevy chase um, you know, I, th- th- it was, it was something that I really wanted to do. Um, and I, I actually to kind of go back a little bit further into Methodist. Uh while, while I was at Methodist, I did two separate uh, mission trips to Haiti and uh, they were mission trips organized by uh by Methodist university and first time we went down there um that was the first time i'd ever been out of the country um besides Canada once and this was the first time going to what someone would classify as a third world country and uh it was it was it was so incredibly eye opening um and it it was it was during those it was during those times where Um, In Haiti, my first time, we constructed a home for a family um, who was basically living with nothing. And then the second time we were there, we uh, helped construct uh, parts of a building for a church, um, as well as did a little bit of door-to-door ministry, basically knocking on people's doors, uh, or lack thereof. And (laughs) uh, like yeah, legitimately. And basically just handing out fruit trees to people. And we had a translator and be like, hey on a fruit tree and you wouldn't believe how happy some of these people were Mm. um and how lucky we really are and i i I was torn it it was a strange place to be because for years on internships and then also at chevy chase i had i had been serving people who for the most part had were very well off Mm -hmm. if if i can put it that way people who made a very comfortable living and then some And working in that environment and then going to Haiti and seeing people who had absolutely nothing, but seeing the joy on their face with nothing, Uh, it it, it was something in my heart that I just felt led that I needed to take some time away from the game of golf and take time away from the golf industry. And so I, I pursued something called the world race. Not to be confused with something called the Amazing Race, <laughs> as they alluded uh, to that. That's yeah. my favorite. That's my favorite <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. I was uh, what I, I was. I was telling Connor this already. Uh, I've literally asked people whenever I said I won the World Race. They said, "Which season were you on?" Uh, to <laughs> me, best thing ever. One that one you're not listening. Two, no. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah the the uh, the World Race is an 11 month mission trip to 11 different countries where we partner with uh, people in communities in each country on whatever, they need, whatever their needs need to be met. And not every month looked the same. Sometimes we were teaching English as a second language. Sometimes we were uh, doing construction projects. Sometimes we were led just to pray for people who we had never met before on the streets. And in other times, um, we were working um, also, uh, we would literally go into... Uh, now uh, for one month in particular we would go into uh red light districts and uh minister to people there as well and so um it, it was an amazing year um as much as instagram likes to build it up and be like oh look at this amazing trip look at these beautiful pictures look at all this ministry there were a lot of really difficult times um you know sometimes there were conflicts between teams and sometimes there were um, disagreements between ministry hosts and what we wanted to see have happen. And I also value those difficult times because I like to think that we all grew as people and that we were still able to make an, an amazing impact um, uh, on, on, on just whoever we, whoever crossed our paths.
0: Very cool. That's a, that's a fantastic story and, and really appreciate you, uh, you sharing. Um, out of those 11 countries, wh- which ones did you go to? Which ones did you travel to? Just for the listeners to
1: understand. <laughs> Indonesia, Thailand, Myanmar, or some people think Burma, um, either one, India, Nepal, China, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Israel, Greece, Spain, and Morocco. Wow. Uh, I Actually, I, we didn't, you didn't have them written, written down, so that was off the top of your head. So
0: <laughs> maybe that was a test. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So, so head Hegel professional at Methodist University, uh, director of instruction as well. Talk about what you do on a day-to-day basis and, and how you serve our current students in our program as well.
1: And before I say anything, I love it here. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I'm on a podcast. Um, if I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. And this place is absolutely incredible. The students are incredible. The faculty and staff is best in the country, in my personal opinion. Um, And, you know, basically what I do on a day-to-day basis is I manage the daily operations of the practice facilities. Um, In addition, I also teach lessons to any of our professional golf management students, as well as the men's and women's golf teams. Uh, in addition to that, I also, uh, help run the tournament programs for the majors, uh, as well as the Monarch tour, uh, the smaller weekly events that we have here.
0: Very nice. And I also, you, you missed one there too. You advise the
1: MUGA, Methodist University Golf
0: Association. A few things on your plate.
1: Do I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they, uh, yeah. They also advise the MUGA and, oh, I guess technically another one I forgot, um, you and I are also uh, co-leaders of Correct. the uh, Professional Golf Management Fellowship, in which we meet uh, on Monday nights. And sometimes we just hang out. Sometimes we dive a little deeper and have uh, more in-depth conversations. And you know, I I took this position because I wanted to have a combination of my passion for golf along with mentoring college students. You know, because you know, we we, we both. We were both college students at one point. We both remember that time of life. And it can be confusing sometimes. Mm-hmm. You you go to college and you think, I want this degree. And then as you're in college, you go, I don't know what to do with my life afterwards. And you know, your hand touching the diploma comes much faster than you expect than when you're <laughs> a freshman. You and, say that a couple
0: more times, yeah. And, be,
1: <laughs> and just being able to pour into students' lives, whether that's through golf, whether that's through simply just encouragement and just having conversations, that means the absolute world to me. And and that's why I love it here so much. Nice. Thanks for sharing
0: as well. Appreciate it. Um, also talk about uh, being the volunteer golf coach for the men's team as well. I know you uh, bring the, the B team to some of the tournaments as well. I know that's your aspirations of being a men's golf coach um, someday. And just kind of talk about that as well.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's definitely one of my biggest aspirations and biggest goals in life is to be a head men's golf coach at a you know uh, collegiate, uh, university, not to be redundant there. <laughs> um, but I think there's something to be said in not only teaching students how to play golf, but also how to compete and being able to encourage them and push them is amazing. Um, You know, I, 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 coaching is so incredibly simple yet so incredibly complicated at the same time, because we are all wired differently. Um, there's some students, or I should say players in this context, there's some players who need a kick in the rear Mm -hmm. and you need to tell them how it is and you need not, not necessarily yell at them, obviously, but tell them, Hey, you need to be better. And you can be better. And then there's some players who need to be encouraged and uplifted um, because that's how they're motivated. And everyone's motivated in a different way. And I think that's why I love the coaching aspect of it, because in order for you to know which students are encouraged by tough love and which students are encouraged by, um, you know, uplifting them, you need to build a relationship with them. And that's the most important part.
0: Nice. Thanks for sharing as well. Appreciate it. So what's some advice? I know we kind of talked a little bit about it, but some advice for maybe some incoming PGM students or students that are looking to potentially join our program in the future.
1: Take a risk and mess up. Hmm. Failure does not mean that it's the end of the world. Failure means that you're one step closer to you as a person and you achieving what you want to do. And you know, I, I think taking a risk means going to college. You're saying no to X amount of schools to go to one particular one. And if that's Methodist, awesome. We will literally encourage you as much as we can, and then some uh to pursue your dreams. This is your life. So take risks and mess up. It's okay to mess up. And if you aren't messing up, I'd love to know your philosophy um, <laughs> because I, I I like to think that I've messed up. I think all of us have at some point in life. And it's in those times of messing up where we grow. Nice. Thanks for sharing as well. And maybe something you learned while you're at
0: Methodist could have been on, a, on an internship. It could have been on the golf course, classroom, whatever. What's something you learned while your time at Methodist that you still
1: use till this day? <laughs> Shout out Mr. Hogg. <laughs> uh technically this wasn't even well, I mean yes, technically it was both, but before I ever came to Methodist, I was sitting in uh the recruiter's room and Mr. Hogg comes in, introduces himself, and uh says make sure you make sure you call your parents if you come here and tell them you love them. And that's something I still don't do enough of today. I still do it a lot, but I don't do it enough. And <laughs> it's it's amazing how something so simple like that, that that just, that always stands out in my mind. Always talk to your parents whenever you can and always tell them how much you love them. Because, you know, I I know not all of us have been brought up in amazing homes. Um, I was very fortunate, but I, I understand some people, uh, you know, may, may may come from homes where they don't have a good relationship with their parents. So if you don't have a good relationship with your parents, call that one person, whether it's a sibling, uh, whether it's a grandparent, someone who encouraged you along the way. Call them and tell them you love them. Nice.
0: Well, I really appreciate you uh, you sharing some insight uh, about your time at Methodist and. Your current position as well, and just some great life advice for for some students as well. So next up is the uh, infamous pop questions that we've been starting here. Oh Again, no! Again, uh, the the uh, the interviewers
1: do not know what they are. <laughs> are you uh, ready? Yeah, it's uh, if any of these questions prompt me to say anything that needs to be edited out, just do it. <laughs> That's fair. All right, first one: <laughs> three words to describe you. Faith based, encouraging,
0: human. Sweet. Second one. If you could be one person for a day, who would it be and why? Connor
1: Evers. (laughs) What? (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, man. Um, if I could be one person, I would never want to be a PJ tour pro. Um, <laughs> like, like a good PJ tour pro. You know, what? I I'd, I'd want to be like Joel Damon. Yeah. Like <laughs> me, me, rake in a lot of millions of dollars or Kevin Kisner or something like that. Yeah. Rake in millions of dollars and then, you know, like not never be in the spotlight. Uh, I, you know what I would say? This might sound weird. Tim Tebow. Nice. I, I feel like he just—it he, seems like he, I know. I know he's human, and uh, he, I'm sure he has mistakes and stuff, and has his flaws. But it just seems like he has it all together. He has awesome ministry stuff. He's into sports. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Tim Tebow. Cool. All right, halfway
0: done. Well, third question: What is your hidden talent?
1: My hidden talent—whether <laughs> uh, people agree with it or not. Um, I can actually do scream vocals for, (laughs) um, for, so if, if I was like a, if I was a lead singer of a metal band, I would fit in perfectly because I can actually scream somewhat. Okay. (laughs) And no, I'm not going to do that for anyone. That's on my own time.
0: (laughs) All right. Last one. It's pretty fun. Uh, what's your go-to pizza toppings? We're in the pizza restaurant, you know, pizza shop. What what are we ordering?
1: Yeah, like taking me back to my New York Times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Long Island Pizza. Uh, Do anything with meat. I I I am good with pepperoni, sausage, bacon. <laughs> dude, don't put veggies on it. If you want it, it's it's pizza. If you want it to be healthy, you're you're, 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 you're looking in the wrong place. It's <laughs> like walking into McDonald's thinking it's a library. You know, it's just like, what What am I here for? Like, no, it's like you're here for pizza. So I, I, I got to get, yeah, anything with me. And do not, um, what, what's the one that everyone always says that doesn't belong on pizza?
0: Oh, pineapple. No, yeah, yeah. D- do not put pineapple on <laughs> pizza.
1: That's miserable. If you want to make someone go run for the hills, put pineapple on pizza.
0: <laughs> Love it. All right, Alex, really appreciate your time. And thanks so much again for coming on. Really appreciate it.
1: Dude, thank you so much for putting this together. This has been great. Awesome. Uh,
0: Again, this was episode, I think, number 20. We'll we'll have to go back and look. (laughs) Uh, Again, appreciate everyone uh, listening today. Happy Friday and have a great weekend.